Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Rush Hour podcast, hosted by myself, Ahmed Kamal, and Jay Park. Jay, man, it's good to be back. How have you been doing? Great, man. I mean, obviously, we had a little bit of a layoff because of your international travels uh, for family reasons. But now that you're actually back in the city, we're excited and amped up to uh, start the new season as well as wrapping up our, our first ever season of the podcast. Listen, man, these past few months, man, they, I, to me, it was just a, a big dream or rather it was just a blink, man. The last thing I remember is we had an episode related to the NBA finals and we made an attempt to record an episode while I was in Greece, but I got caught up with, with some lovely ladies and that unfortunately that couldn't happen. So uh, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't get back to you after that, man. But let's just summarize what happened in the 2021 NBA finals, man. Uh, <laughs> just like we predicted, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think we, we kind of had our strides with this one because one of us had the Phoenix Suns winning and the other one was a little bit more realistic in Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, right. The Bucks pretty much wrapped it up in six. Giannis had an enormous monster game in game six where they won 105 to 98 against the Phoenix Suns. And they brought Milwaukee the first championship in 50 damn year, years, man. It's been a long time since the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar days. Giannis dropped 50 points, 14 rebounds, and he just played out of his mind in that, in that finals, man. What do you think this, this championship does for Giannis and his legacy? And does that pretty much put him up there with the NBA greats in this generation? I would say for this generation, his name definitely be- belongs in the conversation and, and, and on whatever list, you know, either a top five list for this generation. I would say maybe this generation being in the last five, 10 years, because he hasn't even played his career out yet, right? He's still playing and he's still in his prime. He's still very young. But what this championship did validate, though, is that Giannis is definitely a, a supreme talent that took his team to the next level and that he's here to stay and he's coming for the face of the franchise. I mean, uh, the face of the league title that comes with only the top player of the league. So for a while, you know, as you and I both started uh, watching NBA, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, well, not 30 years ago, but like 10, 20 years ago. Easy there with the 30, man. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah, 30, 30, no, no, no. So I would say like, you know, we knew that it was Michael Jordan's era. Then we knew it, it moved on to, to Shaq and Kobe era, and then it shifted towards LeBron's era. And now I think LeBron being in the end of his, his, his career, Year maybe 19. he has one, yeah, maybe he has one, two, three years left. Who knows however long he's actually going to be playing. But Giannis, I believe Giannis and KD are the two front runners, in my opinion, to claim that face of the league title uh, and basically be crowned as the next king of the nba yeah to me this this championship for the bucks pretty much is gonna weigh off a lot of pressure for Giannis. he's just gonna head into this next season and just a lot less pressure on him he's not expected to do much he's not expected to uh, go back to back he's just gonna keep doing his thing they're just gonna keep on cruising through it but one huge loss for them was uh the loss of pj tucker so that's good. that's gonna make a huge impact on, on how they proceed this season let's move on towards the 2021 2022 nba season considered the 75th uh, annual season of the NBA. That's how, this, how, that's how it's being brand, branded pretty much. And uh, let's highlight some of the, the huge offseason moves that, that have been happening ever since uh, August. So the Miami Heat have acquired Kyle Lowry. I'm sure this was a huge upset for the Toronto Raptors fans, but it's not like something that we've been seeing coming. But the Raptors did get returned Goran Dragic and Presage Achua, a young up-and-coming center who is Nigerian, just like Masai Ujiri. So... I'm pretty sure that he had he had a huge say in that. Uh, but what's your thoughts on this this trade and what what could this do for the Raptors in Miami? 
So let's start with the Toronto situation. So the Toronto situation is that they get a veteran point guard for Kyle Lowry, right? They, they got Goran Dragic as part of the, the transaction. Now, Goran, he's obviously not as talented as Kyle Lowry or even plays at the same level that Kyle Lowry played uh, even for the last two years. And Goran is a little bit more of an injury risk than Kyle Lowry. Now, having Goran, though, like it is a nice filler piece to have as, their, as part of their, their guard rotation. Obviously, they have young, uh, young talent, you know, in, in Fred Van Vliet and, and Malachi Flynn and others that are in the uh, Toronto roster right now. And the fourth now, pick, Scotty Burns. And, and Scotty Barnes as well, who they're trying to um, have him develop his career somewhat like a Draymond Green, but better in the way that he's able to handle the ball for his size. Now, getting precious, he is also, like you said, an upcoming big in our league. He's undersized, but that didn't ever stop, uh, you know, other uh, undersized bigs from being uh, effective in the game, you know, a la Charles Barkley, a la P.J. Tucker, a la other greats, even Draymond Green, for that matter, when they play small ball. So hopefully he becomes somebody that kind of resembles, I would say, a realistic goal for him would maybe be uh, Bismack Biyombo in the playoffs when uh, the Raptors faced LeBron and the Cavs that one year and I remember Biombo getting massive numbers. We're talking like, you know, uh, 15 points, 15 rebounds, 20 rebounds, three, three blocks. Like those are probably the goals that he's, he should be aiming to. Highlighting the preseason is not on the agenda, but the Raptors played the Celtics last night and he dropped 13 and 13 rebounds. So he's, he's undersized, but he, he gets you boards. So that's one, one thing to know for sure. Exactly. So having him just be somewhat of a, of a defensive uh, threat, and, and someone who can anchor down the, the paint, um, you know, it'll be, it'll be enough for what the Raptors are seeking out of him. So that's for the Toronto Raptors side. Now for Miami, Miami made some very good moves this offseason, and, and I believe that they're going to really fight for home court advantage with the top-tier uh, Eastern Conference teams this coming season. Miami getting Kyle Lowry and also P.J. Tucker, who you just mentioned was a huge loss for Milwaukee, that's huge. I mean – it's going to be hard to score on that Miami team. That's that's for sure. I mean, you got Larry, who's a good defender. Jimmy oh, Butler, who's a good defender. P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker. Oh, yeah. Who's also a good defender. Like, who are you, Bam Adebayo, who's also a great defender. Like, who are you going to score on? They're, they're loaded defensively. Obviously, offensively, you know, they're not on the same level as Brooklyn. You know, I don't think anybody is for that matter. But defensively and overall talent-wise, they definitely made a lot of upgrades to their to their existing roster from last season. Getting Kyle Lowry provides that veteran leadership, that championship pedigree, and a proven point guard that is willing and able to take the team to the promised land in whatever stage, in whatever game, regardless if that's in the regular season, regardless if that's a Christmas Day game, regardless if that's in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry is a proven commodity now. All I got to say about Precious Drew is uh, I think Toronto should treat him better. Uh, I was driving on King Street uh, last weekend, and I saw the poor guy standing in a line uh, for general admission. So uh, all I got to say is, man, Toronto got to treat, treat our guy better. Because uh, I, I spotted him from a mile away, man. He's like 6'10", 6'9". I was like, is that Precious? He was like, yeah, yeah, it's Precious. And, uh, oh, man, he looked like a general admission just standing around waiting to get inside. But uh, moving on to the next uh, blockbuster somewhat quote-unquote trade, the Los Angeles Lakers acquired uh, Homeland native Russell Westbrook. They sent out Caldwell Pope. Montrezl Hill, Kyle Kuzma, Spencer Dewey to the Washington Wizards. But we don't have to highlight the Kyle Kuzma going to 
the Wizards because we don't know that's not we know that it's not going to do much for them. But let's just talk about Westbrook <laughs> and his fit with the Los Angeles Lakers, a ball dominant point guard. How's his fit going to be with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Yeah, the Washington Wizards, what they got for for Westbrook. I mean, it, it is a good bargain because again, like Westbrook, you know, he was not w- wanting to be a Wizard next season. So like, you are going to have a disgruntled star either way. But getting some uh, some talent back, you know, it was definitely big for them and. We'll see how that pans out for for Bradley Beal, who also, you know, is always on the the, the radar of many GMs in terms of potentially him being disgruntled and voicing his uh, frustrations with the organization and wanting out. He has, you know, so far denied those claims and those reports, but, you know, you never know. But going back to the Westbrook situation in L.A., we'll see how this pans out. I know LeBron's really excited and Anthony Davis is really excited. Westbrook is basically, I've always thought of him as a smaller LeBron. Uh, because they're both phenomenal with the ball. They're both great drivers. They're both able to generate double teams, sometimes triple teams, depending on the matchup. And they're both aggressive players who like to play fast pace. Now, uh, where they're also similar in is, is, their, is their lack of shooting. All right, now, Le- LeBron has gotten better over the years. I'll give him that. Uh, but he's obviously nowhere near the likes of, you know, KD or Steph or any of these like premium shooters that he's we had, have in the NBA. But he's had one of his worst shooting years this past season, if I'm not mistaken. I'm just quoting uh, Skip Bayless here because you know how he treats LeBron. <laughs> right. So, I mean, he, LeBron has lost to prove this this coming season that he, you know, even in age uh, season 19, that he still got he still got game and that the league is still his. And, you know, he has two great supporting players to, to help him reach the promised land, you know, like Westbrook, he's still athletic. Obviously he's not as athletic as he once was, but that's just what happened with age, but he's still being able, he's still able to be really effective because we saw that last year when, when the wizards had Beal and Westbrook and uh, their, their core group of guys for the last, what, like 25 games, like they, they went something ridiculous, like 17 and five or something. Like I, I might be like, you know, a couple games off, but like they had a ridiculous run to close out the season, which is the reason why that they ended up getting to play in and ultimately actually getting into the playoffs. So Westbrook still is, is, is a valuable piece and him coming back to LA where, like you mentioned, he's a native of the homeland. I believe it's going to rejuvenate him and revitalize him to, to put out big fantasy numbers but I just don't know if that's going to translate to wins and something more meaningful in terms of a championship. Again, uh, I know highlighting NBA preseason wasn't on the agenda, but he had his NBA debut against the Golden State Warriors, and uh, he shot a, a lot of bricks, man. I'm not going to lie. He shot one seven <laughs> against the Golden State Warriors. He had two points, uh, four assists, seven rebounds, but one for seven? Hey, man, I, I'm not sure. This is just maybe a little bit of rust, but, yeah, he he's definitely not going to give you fantasy points if he shoots like that. That's all I got to say. I know, and you know, one of our favorite. Uh, Speaking guys, of fantasy, is he is he is he on your team this year? No, no, no. But I was just I was just about to mention this that he's uh, one of our favorite guys uh, based on our conversations with Mel and his cousin. Yeah. He's actually Michael King's guy. Yeah, yeah. Right, he's actually Michael King's guy because Michael King actually has the full Lakers squad as part Lakers of his squad, roster. Yeah. He, yeah, he has LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. So we'll see what happens. But Westbrook, like I said, like he's just like LeBron. Like LeBron, at least now he's somewhat more efficient because like. He's, he doesn't recklessly shoot, and he doesn't shoot so poorly. Well, it'll be detrimental for the Lakers to have him shoot. But that's actually the case for Westbrook. Sometimes it's detrimental for his team 
to have Westbrook shoot so many shots because most of the time he's going to miss more than he makes. Yeah. Um, and especially if he's one thing Westbrook's going to do is uh, he's definitely going to give Dwight Howard a lot of offensive rebounds, uh, just the <laughs> other way. So as long as as long yeah. as as long as Dwight Howard is on the court with him, Westbrook can shoot all he wants. Yeah, uh, they're going to need that. They're going to need that from him. Let's move on towards the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh. Uh, we don't have to dig too deep into this one, but. They pretty much just got Devontae Graham and Jonas Valanciunas, and they had they had Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe sent to the Memphis Grizzlies. But on the other side, uh, they refused to give Lonzo Ball the max, and the Chicago Bulls did a sign and trade for Lonzo Ball, and in return, the Pelicans also got Garrett Temple and Thomas Sadaransky. Uh, but what do you think that Pelicans refusing to extend Lonzo, and uh, what is that going to do for for Zion Williamson? And uh, how huge is that? Is that signing trade for the Chicago Bulls? Yeah. So the Pelicans obviously was was busy this off season, You know, like with the transactions that you just mentioned with the Bulls and with Memphis. But for me, the biggest thing is Zion is a once in a generation talent, and Brandon Ingram he's an all star. Now he's not a, a once in a generation type talent like Zion is, but he's still an all star who could potentially be. You know scratching the surface of maybe being a superstar one day, if he's able to kind of replicate his career path, like a Kevin, like a Kevin Durant. Now that's a big ask, but if he's able to do that, he can get there. But with Zion, knowing that he only has whatever number of years left in his current deal, he's going to look at and evaluate the organization on how they build around him. And so far, they haven't done a great job of building around him, meaning that they haven't got premium talent to join the team. Lonzo, when he actually got moved from L.A. to New Orleans, he was kind of a flyer because, yeah, he was the second overall pick, but he couldn't shoot. His shooting form was was disgusting to look at. Like Nobody knew if he was actually going to live up to the hype that he had in college coming into the league. But as a Pelican, Lonzo improved his game greatly we're talking his shooting went up his assists went up his game iq went up like he had great chemistry with zion and, uh, and his other teammates like letting him go and not extending him i believe that's gonna sting zion a bit and to have his replacement just be somebody like a Devonte graham now no 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 knock on Devonte graham but i believe lonzo was a better player and is a better player and downgrading to Devonte graham i don't think if i was zion i'd be happy about it and losing a guy like Steven Adams for Jonas Valanciunas, it might work out because the only thing here is that Jonas Valanciunas is a better shooter and he's a more of an offensive threat than Steven Adams. But Steven Adams was one of these big guys. He's probably the strongest guy in the NBA who made sure that A, Zion was defended in case of any hard fouls or altercations, that Steven Adams didn't require the ball or didn't you know, demand the ball for his touches or anything. Steven Adams was always a guy that he was a good locker room guy as well. He, uh, he always has this aura where everything's going to be fine. We lost, we won, doesn't matter. We're all, we're, we're all going to be fine. JV doesn't really have that same aura. He only is a little bit better, a little bit more skilled as a basketball player. I really, so I really don't really like these two centers, man. Uh, I don't think they're going to make any huge differences for those two teams, but I think the, the major highlight here is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, with Lonzo Ball and with DeMar DeRozan. And do you think yeah. that that could potentially, I don't want to say NBA Finals contenders, but at least at least the Eastern Conference uh, Finals? 
Oh, that's wow. Wow. I'm not, okay. I know I know you're not you're not the biggest DeMar DeRozan fan, uh, unfortunately. No, but... no, I've never been. Yeah, I've never yeah. been. But <laughs> I mean you wanted him out of there since, since he came from Compton, man. But for me, man, <laughs> DeRozan held held us down, man. Not not gonna lie. Yeah, listen, DeRozan was I would say before Larry was Larry, DeRozan was probably arguably the greatest raptor that we've had. And then Larry became Larry and he became the greatest raptor that we had. Now we can have this debate between greatest and best, even though I think they're basically the same. But to me, you know, the best Raptor was technically Ka- Kawhi Leonard, even though he only played for one season. He was a, a, yeah, a, a rental me, deal. I mean, they're not the right? they're, but, they're, not, they're not the same thing. Uh, best, obviously, Kawhi. Uh, greatest is uh, Kyle Lowry. But greatest would probably have to be Kyle Lowry. And, and now with, yeah. with Lowry going to, uh, to Miami and now DeRozan playing for Chicago after playing uh, for San Antonio, I would say Chicago definitely has a bright, bright future ahead of them. The only thing that now they have to worry about and keep an eye on is the whole Zach Levine situation. All right. Like he hasn't been extended yet. So Zach Levine, I would still say, yeah, you have Nikola Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine. Out of those four players, I would still say Zach Levine is the best player. He's the most talented player out of those four players that I just mentioned. So I would see, I would love to see how Zach Levine changes his game if he has to to adapt to his new teammates because this is probably the most talent that he's ever played with on any level in any game that he's ever played in his life you have what DeMar DeRozan proven all-star Nikola Vucevic proven all-star Lonzo Ball a budding all-star caliber talent who's only gotten better in the last couple in the last two three seasons you have all that offensive talent now defensively they might be you know they might have to figure things out because you know unless they're trying to just outscore everybody and win every game like that. But in terms of a prediction in the playoffs, you're seeing Eastern Conference Finals, I don't know. I mean, because I would still say the hierarchy of the East, we start with Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn is a clear one, and there's a gap between one and two. I would say two would probably would, would be Milwaukee. Three would probably be Miami at this point because we don't know what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons was playing and he was happy, I, was, I would put Philly there, but he clearly packed up his bags and he's nowhere to be found in Philly. So I would actually put Miami three and I don't know who I would pick for fourth, man. I mean, it, it could be Atlanta like they did uh, last year with the whole Knicks. I know Knicks were fourth and, and, and Atlanta was fifth, but Atlanta should have actually yeah, been I the think, fourth pick. I think that Atlanta right? was, was a, was a fluke, man. I don't see them going to the Eastern conference finals again. Right. But I would say outside of Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, it is open season for the fourth seed and it, it could very well go to, to Chicago. And if that does happen right now, right now, before we even played one regular season game right now, would you say you're going to take Chicago Bulls over Brooklyn? Not over Brooklyn. No, no, relax now. Would you, would you take Chicago but over Milwaukee? I take, I take Chicago over Brooklyn. If, if Kyrie, which we'll talk about later, uh, is continue not, not, not to play in home games just because he's refusing the vaccine. Right, but would you? But would you take them over Milwaukee, a healthy, fully loaded Milwaukee squad? Right now, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's listen, huge. Listen, man, I, I know, man. Uh, like I said, the NBA preseason preseason wasn't in our agenda, but I've been I've been watching some Chicago Bulls, man, and they look dangerous. Wow, they look, da- they look dangerous and and even fun to watch too. You're uh, no, I, I have no doubt that they're gonna be fun to watch. Like as much as I, I despise Demar Derozan, like I, I'm actually gonna watch Chicago Bulls games myself because I actually have Zach Levine on my fantasy roster. But, um, but, but wow, you're taking them over the defending champs. 
the Bulls haven't proved anything. They they weren't even they were even in the playoffs last year. And you're saying whoa, that you'll take them make, right let's now make, over let's the make, Let's make our official predictions in uh, possibly the next episode. But for now, I like I like yeah, I like them for now. They maybe it's just wow. under, but I like them for now. That's but, huge. Uh, Let's move on to potential moves since we already talked about highlighted some of the, the moves that already happened, but the right. Ben Simmons saga continues. And uh, we all know what happened with Ben Simmons uh, towards the end of the end of the last season. He pretty much got thrown under the bus by Doc Rivers, by Joel Embiid. Uh, Doc, Doc Rivers pretty much got asked, uh, can you win an NBA championship with Ben Simmons on your roster? And he was like, hey, I don't, I don't know if I could answer that. And uh, <laughs> the other one was... Uh, uh, Joel Embiid pretty much throwing him under the bus because he refused to dunk the ball against the Atlanta Hawks and he instead decided to pass the ball to uh, Matisse Seibel. So pretty much Ben Simmons had been thrown under the bus by the Sixers organization in general and he said, you know what? I'm not coming back here to play. I'm not coming back here to even do media day for you guys. So uh, there's been a lot of uh, trade rumors so far. The 76ers requested three first-rounders for the Portland Trailblazers and and in addition to draft swaps, and the Blazers pretty much just said, hell no, you're not doing that. And uh, the other offer that they refused is uh, the Pacers offering Malcolm Brogdon and Karen Silvert, and uh, the Sixers refused that. But uh, what's your thoughts on Ben Simmons and where he could potentially go? Just just off the top of your head. There's, there's, there's rumors of Sacramento too, but we still don't know. Obviously, no one really knows. I mean, like you just mentioned, th- there were those rumors out there circulating around the NBA in terms of where he could potentially end up and who are his likely suitors who are actually going to make, you know, somewhat of a, a legitimate offer to the uh, 76ers front office. But to be honest, he can't go to a contender. I mean, unless I'm, uh, you know, a miracle is answered and, you know, Dame wants out of Portland and, you know, somehow they make that work where I guess Ben Simmons for Dame swap with picks and whatever assets involved or with Brad Beal and, and Ben Simmons getting swapped without also picks and assets involved. That's unlike, very unlikely to happen. And if it were to happen, it'd be a great day to be a Phillies fan, but it would be terrible for those two other teams, even though I don't really consider Wizards to be a contending team. But outside of those two, you're looking at bum teams. Like, I'm sorry, like you're looking at like, what, there's rumors that he might go to Sacramento. Sacramento is a bum team. Like they haven't made the playoffs in how long now? They've had the same core and it hasn't panned out. I mean, they have a budding star in De'Aaron Fox, but outside of De'Aaron Fox, you know, who they who do they really have that's even all-star caliber? So, and teaming Ben Simmons with De'Aaron Fox, it, it basically will be like teaming De'Aaron Fox with like a younger, slightly better version of Draymond Green. Like, what's that going to do? So I don't, and first of all, I don't think that Ben Simmons is going to go anywhere East. I believe he's going to go to a Western Conference team because he has clearly made it known that he would like to play for a California team. And there's only just a handful of California teams. So I believe that he's going to play for a Western Conference team. Yeah, I just I don't, don't think, know if they're going to be a I don't think he's in a position to even decide where he wants to go. So he, uh, he has four years left on his remaining deal. And he's going he's gonna to have to go with the flow. Wherever he gets shipped to, he's just going to have to ride the flow and just keep on going. But if he keeps on and losing right, more games, he's just going to keep on losing more money. Exactly. And right, and right now, we're just at a point where Ben Simmons is playing hardball. The Philadelphia 76ers is also playing hardball. Now, in a game of hardball, one side will will cave in. It's just a matter of time. One speaking, side will always cave. Speaking of losing money, uh, your man Kyrie Irving. Uh, so he's he's refusing till this date to get the the COVID nineteen vaccine. Uh, he says it, that he doesn't believe in it. Uh, he's refusing to take it. 
despite New York City's vaccine mandate, which prevents you from entering any public settings such as uh, Madison Square Garden or or Barclay Center. Uh, so you're not allowed to even be in there if you're not fully vaccinated. So uh, the one break that he did get is he's allowed to attend practice facilities uh, because that's a private setting. Uh, so he could attend practices in Brooklyn, but he can't play any games in Brooklyn. And uh, Steve Nash pretty much recognized that Kyrie Irving is not going to play in home games. And, and he's making his uh, he's making his adjustments uh, towards that. But uh, what's your thoughts on Kyrie Irving not being able to play? And what does that do for, for Brooklyn? I mean, I'm only going to speak this from a basketball standpoint because obviously mind, it's up to him. He, he will be missing out on $17 million if he, if he refuses to take it. Yeah, so I mean, obviously from his own personal health uh, decision aside, I mean, I believe, you know, everyone that I know, uh, including you, we're, we're fully vaccinated. But um, Kyrie, I wish that if I had any input in his decision, I would strongly recommend that he does get the vaccination because Andrew Wiggins recently had the same dilemma and his decision process was, was just simple as this is either don't get vaccinated and don't play basketball and don't get paid or get vaccinated, play basketball and get paid. It's as simple as that. Now I understand that maybe there are other layers of decisions or thoughts that Kyrie has in his head and his psyche that's impacting his decision to either get vaccinated or not. But for the sake of the Brooklyn Nets, for the sake of the NBA, for the sake of the fans, please get vaccinated. Like Kyrie, you're probably the best ball handler that we've ever seen ever. You're a a magician with the basketball. You're able to score on all three levels. You're you shown yourself to be so efficient last year with playing alongside KD with Kyrie being healthy, I don't, I, I don't believe the Bucks would have won that series in Game Seven. I believe the Nets would have won, advanced to the NBA Finals, and they would have, they would have probably beaten, uh, beaten down the Phoenix Suns, and they would have been crowned NBA champions today if Kyrie did not miss any time. That's how good he is. That's how much of a difference maker I believe he is uh, for the Brooklyn Nets. If he misses games now, forget the the personal side effect that he has to now deal with in terms of the money lost and this and that. The Nets, they're, they're not the favorites anymore. You lose one of the three biggest stars on your team, you're, you're no longer the favorites. I'm sorry. As much as I love KD, and the Nets, KD and James, I don't know. And the Nets uh, general manager, Sean Marks, he pretty much has a lot on his table. So his main goal was to enter this upcoming season by signing all his big threes to, a, to an extension. So he knocked one out of the table. Uh, Kevin Durant just signed a four-year, $198 million uh, extension. Uh, right. the, next, the next priority, obviously, is uh, James Harden. He still hasn't signed, but he's eligible for a five-year 250 or a three-year 161. And uh, that's pretty much a solid deal. And I'm pretty sure that uh, James Harden is going to sign that. But the, uh, the, the elephant in the room is Kyrie Irving. He's eligible for a five-year 242 million. But just the way that he's acting with this whole vaccine thing, I doubt it. Uh, I'm not sure if the Nets are going to pull the trigger on that one. But we're going to have to see, wait and see actually what, what's going to happen. And the fact that he's saying that he's going to consider retiring if, if he gets traded, that's that's even worse for the Brooklyn Nets. Like they, they basically have to live with whatever he decides to do. He basically has the Nets in a chokehold. It's either he plays the road games or whatever games he's eligible to play based and, on his, and uh, his vaccination and his market, status. And his market value is dropping. I'm pretty sure no other team's going to want to risk Exactly. Exactly. Why would anybody want to trade for him? 
unless they're going to give up like, you know, pennies on the dollar. And even if they do that, they know that he's going to retire or he, at least the possibility is there that he's going to retire. He's not even going to play one game for them. I think the next few weeks or the next even 10 to 15 days, they're going to be very interesting. So let's just wait and see, see what happens. You have anything else you want to add to this episode? Well, there's only three, three quick hitters. And all I, all I'm going to say is Kyrie, I believe he needs a wake up call on this whole vaccination thing. And I, I think one of the best ways to get this wake up call is I think he should be the next participant in the squid games. And then the second thing is I really believe that LaMelo ball is turning out to be uh, the biggest player slash playboy in the NBA, because I uh, recently dug up uh, articles about him and, and looking at how many IG models that he's been hollering at. At least that's been made public. I, I, we understand that one of our episodes from last season, we were covering him to have a, an affair or at least an incident with, you know, an, an adult entertainment star. And, uh, you know, we'll see, because I know he's your favorite guy, man. I know LaMelo is like probably your favorite player in the NBA. So uh, I'm just wanting to see I'm just who he's actually going to snatch up next. I'm, disapp- I'm disappointed. He, he still They're not giving him his number one after Malik Monk went to the Lakers. Apparently, he missed his deadline, so he's going to be rocking the number two this season, too. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. And then my last thing is, so heading into the season, heading into the season, who is who is your favorite player to watch and, and cheer for in this upcoming season? Is it still LaMelo, or do you have somebody else? This season? Listen, man, I got to rock with Scotty Barnes, man. That's my guy. Scotty Barnes. Really? Scotty, Scotty Barnes, man. He, he, I, I, think, I think the Raptors got a good one. Really? Scotty You're, Barnes, man. He, 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 he's exciting he, to watch. He overtook LaMelo Ball. Okay. Let's, wow. just see, let's, just see, let's just see what happens, man. Uh, my, my, my views will change. Probably I'll wake up. I have something different in mind, but we'll see. But that's, that's all for today's episode, everyone. Thanks for listening, and we'll definitely catch you back in the next one. We're excited for this season, and can't wait to catch you guys in the next one. See ya. Yeah, catch you guys next time.